But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> Who's on first? Yeah. I don't know. So Tell me they, again why, why we're doing this. Force of habit. Oh, because, that one. Yeah. Because we are nice guys and we like to keep our fans happy. That's right. That's right. Um, speaking oh, of make, nice, up, make up your mind, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doc Flu, did you see this? Doc Flu, yeah. And David, I'm so disappointed in you. You didn't go see Doc Fly, huh? dude. Yeah, that's just wrong. I, uh, I'll confess, I flipped a coin between getting farther behind on work that has to be done before I leave I know. and going down there and seeing it and taking my cameras. But for an eight or nine minute flight that was an hour and a half late happening, uh, I don't regret missing it because the videos are almost as good as being there. Oh, I'm sure. Well, yeah, almost as good. You can probably see it better. That's for sure. For anybody who's not uh, tuned in here, uh, uh, Doc is the uh, now second airworthy B-29 uh, World War II era bomber that uh, has been in restoration for a couple of years, two, three, four, five years now. And uh, we've been following its progress uh, avidly over the years. And finally it flew just the other day for the first time in, in decades. Is, uh, I don't know what, the, what do they oh, say? Oh, yeah, first, first time since it was retired to the desert about 50 years ago. Yeah. And it's been 16 years from when they drug it. I mean, literally drug it out of a gunnery range in California and disassembled it and put it on a truck and brought it here. And it's been a uh, long and slow and, but tenacious rebuild all those years. Mm-hmm. And big hats off to Doc's friends, the outfit that uh, spark plugged this, and Tony Mazzolini, Mazzoloni, sorry, Tony, uh, the guy that acquired the, the uh, 29 and drug it out of the, uh, I mean, literally drug it out of the desert. They, they hooked up earth-moving equipment to move it because it had been sitting in one space so long it had sunk into the dirt. Really? And they had to dig out and around the tires and put wood down and put this big equipment to to drag it and got it to where they could disassemble it. It was all shot up and corroded. It had been used as a target for mm-hmm. live fire exercises mm-hmm. for years and had oh. jackrabbits living in it. And uh, I hear a nightclub for mice. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how does that work? How does that when these things are targets? Are, are they flying targets or are they just on the ground? No, they were just on the ground. Oh, okay, all right. So what you're telling me is is a bunch of trainee Air Force pilots can't shoot. I think it was the Navy. Oh, ooh, okay. oh on a Navy ooh, range. Ooh. All right. Well, David can say bad things about the Navy if he wants to. I'm 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 not going to get into inner yeah, service driving. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so the restoration took a long, long time. Uh, what, can you say off the top of your head with what the notable challenges of the restoration were? The engines sure. were a big deal, weren't they? The engines were a huge deal because the original engines are patently not available. The Fifi, the one that the, the the first one flying that belongs to the commemorative Air Force, when they had to rebuild the engines on it, they changed it to a a different version that a uh, little lower horsepower, a little less complicated, and uh, a lot more reliable. 
Uh, corrosion was a huge issue in the area where in the areas that hadn't been punctured by uh, <laughs> a machine gun and, and cannon fire because the uh, 29 was only expected to live about 500 hours total. Right. So they didn't use alloys in it designed to stand up to years of exposure, uh, weather, uh, environmental conditions and such. So there was a lot of work uh, done to replace uh, corroded metal to replace shot up metal. Uh, They completely rebuilt the nose section with that big greenhouse of of, uh, uh, clear uh, plexiglass, I think it was in that case. I'm not sure. Um, they'd use something else today, but, uh, and and a lady who helped build it originally was on hand to help them restore that nose cone, because that's the area she worked on at Boeing Wichita line between 43 and 45 as a teenager. Wow. And she was back. She was there for the flight yesterday. Uh, I'm sure that uh, gave her even bigger chills than uh, the people that worked on it. Several friends of mine worked on it. Uh, They had to rewire it. Uh, uh, New tires, wheels, brakes. Uh, The engines took a huge fundraising effort. Uh, but uh, and they slowly got those lined up and in place, and I think they did the first engine start about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then it was uh, engine starts. Then it was to get permission to uh, taxi on the apron there at uh, McConnell Air Force Base. They're located on the west side where there's private businesses on what used to be Boeing military. Uh, and then uh, they got their worthiness certificate uh, several weeks ago. Uh, they did their taxi test. Uh, and yesterday, they put air underneath the tires <laughs> and then had an engine warning and sh- cut the flight short and uh, did a short, short pattern and had it back on the ground. Uh, but it flew, it handled, it was a success. Uh, as with anything like that, and any home builder will appreciate this, you know, the last 10%, took 90% of the time. Right. Now now they're down to troubleshooting, and uh, I don't think there's any chance that it'll come to Oshkosh this year. But yeah, I think I can't 2017, imagine. we could be there and see uh, one of the first appearances of two B-29s in the same airspace at the same time, which would be... A, a goose bump maker in its own uh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it really would. It really would. I hadn't heard about that uh, that uh, engine warning. What, what was the nature of that? I don't have any details on that. Uh, uh, it wasn't uh, shown up. I, uh, I don't uh, know uh, if it was. According to the according to the Avweb story, they had a chip light on one okay. of the engines. What's a chip uh, light? Chip light is uh, kind of a, a magnetic uh, uh, sensor that. Um, um, illuminates a light in the cockpit if the sensor detects any metal uh, in in its area. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so we you know with new engines, it's not the least bit uncommon, right, to generate metal um, with the first few times they're run. And I'm, you know, I can't speak for for the operators of this particular airplane, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Big but they'll uh, yep. they'll get the oil out of it. They'll check that chip detector, find out what was on it. Uh, as long as there are no part numbers showing in the oil filters, they're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, big congratulations to the entire team that made this thing happen. It's been quite a long road, and uh, now they're going to have a long road or a long uh, flight line of fun. They're, this is this is going to be a great, great piece of history flying around America and the world. Maybe well, who knows? You know. Well, for people interested in supporting Doc, uh, the need for uh, funds is not over because they've flown it. Uh, there's insurance to continue paying for fuel to move it around. Uh, they're going to need to put a lot more hours on it before the uh, FAA cuts them loose to go on tour. Uh, and then there's the big, big, big question mark. Where will it get stored? Because yeah. right now they have a short-term they have short-term access to a hangar on the uh, west side of McConnell Air Force Base down on South Oliver in Wichita. And they need to raise money to build a permanent display building because – as I mentioned earlier, the alloys used in this uh, and a lot of the structure are not designed to be uh, uh, spending a lot of time out in the weather. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to put work into a showpiece like that and having it sitting on the ramp. Right. Now, does what are you hearing, David? Does the, the entity that did the restoration, are they determined to also to continue to operate it? Or do they would they be willing to, you know, kind of like let it go to some other home, like a big museum or the Commemorative Air Force? Or? Well, the, the, the high hopes are to keep it here. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I, I think that depends on the uh, level of support they're able to generate. And actually, a successful flight should open up some doors and some wallets. I would imagine uh, to funding the next phase of Doc uh, Doc's Second Life. Yeah. Well, I, so I, check it, Doc's it, friend's website. Is there hangar space that would house this in the Wichita area at an airport with with suitable runways? I don't think so. Not oh, well, not permanent. There you go. That, that's that's a problem. A, right? that, that's kind a, of the answer. That's kind of the this answer. This is a big, big, it's a airplane. big airplane. Yeah. Well, wherever it ends up, big congratulations to that whole team and everybody who supported the program. That's very, very yeah, cool. absolutely. That's that's this absolutely. is this big big deal. Yeah. A remarkable accomplishment. Hey, welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Uh, I'm Jack Hodgson, and I'm coming to you today from uh, high atop Lookout Point in beautiful Nottingham, New Hampshire. What a beautiful summer day it is here, I have to tell you. Um, and uh, I'm home for a few days between trips and uh, about to head out again uh, uh, to, uh, to beautiful Baltimore, sexy Baltimore. I like Baltimore, actually, so that's fine. Um, and then Oshkosh. So, uh, uh, and um, here in the virtual hangar, talking to two of my very, very good friends here. Uh, one of those voices out there is uh, from uh, somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, uh, Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. What's going on? Hi. How are you doing? Um, not a whole lot. Uh, just kind of re- tr- trying to recover from some recent travel. And uh, Yeah, you were once uh, again across the pond, huh? I was once again across the pond, um, gearing up for Oshkosh. I, uh, once I get off of this, I got some errands to run. I got some TLCs to, to give to the airplane, and uh, I'm out of here Friday morning. Yep. Yeah. We're all kind of scrambling to get off on our next trips. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, what was uh, real quickly? You were at Farnborough, the big air show. I was in Farnborough. I was at Farnborough. Yeah. I was uh, uh, doing you were my to a, to a, a photo workstation, right? To, 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 yeah, you, something like that. I, I was again working for uh, AIM, Aviation International News, uh, and their show coverage. Um, but I did get out, uh, you know, uh, on occasion, walk around and talk to a few people, and and I didn't kick any tires. Uh, um, but um, yeah, it was a good time. It was cool. a good show. Yeah, I hear you're becoming a fan of fish and chips. 
That's, Not exactly. That's an inside joke. <laughs> that, that, that's an inside. That's an inside joke. UCAP yeah, joke. You don't, <laughs> nobody, you don't need to have gotten that, folks. That's uh, just between us. Um, but you can ask next time you see us. And uh, well, congratulations. Yeah, ask, ask me because I'm <laughs> the one who has the definitive story. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, well, welcome home, and uh, hopefully you. you'll Thank get unjet lagged relatively soon. And uh, yeah, that's nice. And uh, get your act together so that you can go to Oshkosh on on at the end of the week. Very cool. Oh yeah, I, whether whether my act is together or not i'll be at hoshkosh later this week yeah and my other good friend here in the virtual hangar is uh from uh the air capital of the world wichita kansas home of doc the flying b29 is uh dave higdon hi david how are you doing uh doing wonderful uh it's been a jamming couple of weeks uh trying to uh, create a little window for myself so that uh, i'm not behind when i return from oshkosh but I'm like uh, Jeb. I'm getting ready to uh, pack up and head to Wisconsin on Friday morning, and mm-hmm. uh, hope to roll in there about seven or eight o'clock uh, Friday evening. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk in a few minutes about about our expectations for this year's uh, Oshkosh Air Venture, but uh, we'll come back to that in a few minutes. Um, big big news. I, I mean, I think here's what I want to say. I want to say a miracle happened. A miracle yeah. happened. All right. Um, a double miracle. All right. The, 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 the first part of the miracle is that Congress passed an FAA budget this past week, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. for more than three months. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, um, right. And not just a continuing thing, like a budget that will last for a year or so. Right. Is that how long does it go for something? 17? Through, through 17. I don't know if it's through calendar 17 or fiscal 17. We're, F- F- we're fiscal 17. Yeah. Okay. Fiscal 17. So, so September 30 of 17. Yeah. So it's always big news when Congress actually manages to pass a, a full-blown FAA budget. But um, <laughs> more exciting to many of us is that um, this FAA budget, including a requirement that the FAA implement what we call third-class medical reform. Um, and that's pretty cool, I think, anyway. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's a very, that's very a big huge deal. huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, the FAA, um, and it's not automatic, as I understand. Well, first of all, has this budget been signed by the president? I've lost track of this. Yes, it, Friday. It was signed by the president. Okay. Yes. So um, the, the legislation that makes up the budget um, doesn't automatically put third-class medical form in, in, into place. What it, 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 As I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, it instructs the FAA to get this done by some date in the near future. Is that right? They have a year to develop regulations to implement the new statute. They really have a whole year? I yeah. I realize it was that long. I thought it was like six months or four months or something. Well, there, and there's a, there's, a, there, there's a hook on that 12 months that Congress gave them, which is if, Cong- if the FAA has not published, you know, uh, final rules implementing this, all of us that are affected by it get to fly as if they had anyway after yeah. that year. Right. We, so uh, the, the Congress uh, kind of put a little more squeeze on them than they have with other issues in the past by saying you either get these rules done and published within 12 months or they go into effect without you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the nature of the reform? Um, exactly how will, quote-unquote, third-class medical change from the way it is? I mean, is it just gone or is it all kinds of airplanes? Is there a weight limit? How, how is that going to work? Uh, there's uh, yes, okay. Let's yeah. Let's start at the ground floor here. Uh, this is good for day VFR, night IFR for a pilot and up to five passengers, so up to six seat airplane. Uh, 
up to 6,000 pounds gross weight. And for flight up to uh, 17,999 feet. So it covers that. You can, if you've had a medical effective in the last 10 years since the enactment, not from when the rules go into effect, but from the passage uh, or the signature on Friday. uh, If you had a medical uh, in effect within 10 years of that, you're covered. you do have to see a doctor. I think it's every four years. You have to take an online course and sign yourself off every couple of years. There's a list of conditions that the FAA wants the doctors to check and sign off on. And you cover yourself with a logbook entry, basically, saying that I saw the doctor. He asked all the right questions. The doctor does not have to report this stuff to the FAA. It's all down to self-reporting at that point. And there are, there is a list with multiple conditions that are disqualifying uh, or will require a special issuance. You mean the FAA listens to UCAP and they, they put together a list? <laughs> they put together a list. Can you, well, Congress, a put, list? Together, look, let Congress me go, put together this list. So let me go back and just make sure I understand this. So um, the, 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 if you've had a medical in the last 10 years thing is, a, is as of the signing of the bill, it's not as of the implementation of the uh, as of the signing of the bill. Okay. Um, and then the see a doctor every four years thing is basically see your personal doctor who Correct. generally judges that you're healthy enough to drive a car, which is to say an airplane. Yes? Right. Yes. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and then, But then you say there are some disqualifying things. How will they be self-certified disqualifications or will how will that work? Do you know? That's what you're supposed to do. Okay. So you're supposed to self-certify that you don't, you haven't rung any of those bells. Well, That's there's, right. there, yeah, there's four items on that list that require one time, one time, as opposed to every, you know, every time you renew your medical, one time special issuance, cardiovascular. In other words, if you've got any heart disease or you've had open heart surgery or something like that, neurological uh, disorders, uh, epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, unexplained, unexplained loss of consciousness. Okay. Um, mental health, a very broad category. Um, actually, um, the, the mental health is broken into two bullets. So, um, there, so there's basically three: there's cardiovascular, neurological, and, and uh, mental slash emotional health. Um, any anything in those three broad areas, and there's you know some details on mm-hmm. on uh, uh, breaking down in those broad areas. Anything within those three broad areas, uh, you have to get a special issuance, a one-time special issuance. Okay, and you're done. Yeah, very very cool. So very yeah. cool. Well, this whole thing's great, um, and and obviously we're going to talk about it a lot more as time goes on to make sure that we understand it and that uh, it, it meets our needs and whatnot. But uh, but you know, credit where credit is due. Congress did their thing here, and that was good. I, uh, you know, this is well, you know, there's there's a lot of people uh, that get a lot of credit uh, for this. You know, I, first of all, um, the, the government relations staffs at uh, AOPA and EAA, uh, perhaps not even necessarily in that order, but. Uh, um, uh, those people deserve uh, a great deal of credit for uh, sticking with this and uh, and ramming this. Well, I won't say ramming this through. Nothing gets rammed through Congress these days. Um, but sticking with this and, and making it work. Uh, obviously, uh, Senator Inhofe, a uh, lion's share of the credit also. Um, 
it's funny, you know, a lot of this came about um, as a result of the um, the sport pilot um, regulation that went into effect back in, in 2005, um, where basically if you had a driver's license, you could fly a, uh, a light sport airplane, a light sport aircraft, right. uh, I should say. Um, and we noting, noting some of the success with that, um, uh, a guy uh, developed a petition and sent the petition to the FAA back in '09, and it was basically um, anybody with a, a driver's license uh, should be able to fly um, um, a 6,000 pound airplane uh, without having to need a medical certificate. And um, you know, see, look, we got biennial flight reviews, we got instrument competency checks, we got all this other stuff to to keep uh, tabs on pilots and whatnot. Why do we need this medical certificate, especially now that um, the light sport has kind of gotten the camel's nose in the tent Mm -hmm. and And demonstrated that that it works? And demonstrated that it works. And I would add that there's no, I mean, light sport aircraft are not falling out of the sky because their pilots are sick. Yeah. Uh, they might be falling out of the sky for other reasons, but right. not be, it's not because it's not for medical reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this petition, which I say again, goes back to '09, was uh, um, something that uh, a guy up in the D.C. area, David Wartowski, put together. I didn't realize in, was he the one who was uh, behind. He 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 was the one of the first, if not the first to submit a petition to the FAA on this. This is a, a, a formal regulatory petition, so you need to change this rule broadly for the entire population. I didn't realize it was uh, him. He's the uh, yeah. the uh, owner, uh, operator of the, I think, legendary uh, Potomac Airfield, one of the DC. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. He, he's, he calls himself Fromage Grand. Uh, the, big, the, the big cheese. The big cheese, yeah. The big cheese at that I've airport. Never met this guy. If he's at Oshkosh, you got to introduce me. I would like to meet him. Uh, if he's at, I'll I'll ping him and see if he's at Oshkosh, and uh, uh, you, you'd enjoy meeting him. He's he's um, um, Dave is a special kind of guy. He's he uh, <laughs> uh, is, is all I can say. I'll let him explain how he's yeah, special. Yeah, well, I mean, and uh, and a hero to aviation for how he hung in there after yeah, Homeland Security yeah. tried to kill those airports. Oh yeah, absolutely. He was a big player and um, uh, in in getting those airports reopened and and getting a lot of the procedures that we all we all know and love uh, in place to allow those <laughs> operations. Um, you know, Dave's, you know, uh, definitely a mover and shaker, but I, I got to hark back all the way back to Oh nine and give him credit for this because he kind of got the ball rolling. There were like a thousand, uh, responses to this petition, uh, formal, uh, responses. And, uh, um, he kind of kept that ball rolling until, uh, it, it started to get, pick up some steam. It's like a snowball rolling downhill. And uh, there, are, and don't don't misunderstand. Uh, there are probably a lot of other people uh, who, back in those times, uh, had some input and and uh, uh, did similar things to try to get this ball ro- this snowball rolling downhill. But Wartowski is probably the more most visible of them, mm-hmm. and certainly certainly the one who has who was on record b- way back then as as trying to get this done. So. There's a well, lot of hats. There's a lot of hats that need to be doffed, and uh, uh, EAA and AOPA and Wartowski are three of them. Yeah, absolutely, David. And well, and this, I've already talked to a couple of local pilots who were kind of 
whining and moaning about the uh, the, the every four years doctor visit, and you, you, the doctor has to work from an FAA generated checklist. Pilots got to take a free online course every two years and put that in the logbook. But what we have in this legislation now is so far and away better or more liberal than the original petition. The original petition was for up to a four-seat airplane, up to 180 horsepower, single-engine, fixed gear, day VFR only, up to one passenger, even in a four-seat airplane, take the free online course every two years, and they could only fly up to 10,000 feet or MSL or 2,000 feet AGL. So instead of that, we've got up to six seats and up to 6,000 pounds with no limitations on horsepower, number of engines, or gear type. That's a big change. So today, VFR only, day and night, VFR and IFR. Up to five passengers instead of up to one. The free online course that pilots have to take every two years, that remains. But they basically gave us up to... 18,000 feet where you start to mix with right. turbine traffic more right. and more. Right. And that covers, you know, what, 90% of the fleet? Yeah. Up yeah. to 6,000 yeah. pounds. I mean, you can fly You can fly a B-55 Baron. You can fly a twin Comanche. You can fly a Piper, uh, uh, what, what is it, a Seneca or yeah. Uh, yeah. the other little twin. Uh so there's a lot of latitude here that wasn't in the original petition, and it was a give and take. And I personally asked the FAA administrator here in Wichita several months ago if the FAA was on board with the proposal, which at the time didn't have all the uh, uh, language in it about seeing a doctor every four years, the doctor examining you per the FAA checklist. And he said, yeah, we, we, we still have some issues with that. And this was the result of something extraordinarily rare in Congress between both sides of the Capitol Hill, both parties and their constituents. Actual give and take negotiations and compromise. Now, I know there's going to be a few people out there that are going to collapse on the floor hearing the word compromise. But that's how we get stuff like this that has got so much benefit for us and goes so much farther than what we originally asked for. Yeah. Give and take, compromise, and actual negotiation between parties interested in achieving the same goal. Yeah. So my hats are also off to Congress, to the president, but most specifically AOPA, EAA, NBAA was on board with that's this, right. NATA was on board with this. Women in Aviation International was on board with us, the Aircraft Electronics Association, caveat, their client of mine, they were on board with this. Uh, I think the only pushback that we saw at an institutional level came last year from the Airline Pilots Association. Airlines for America were never really interested and didn't really seem to care, and they were like, no, we don't think that's good. But the Airline Pilots Association basically stepped on a very intimate appendage last year when they came out against this of in their own. a big way. Yeah, an appendage of their own. They, uh, they, they appendage yeah. of their own. Yes, yeah. and uh, their own members pushed back, 
along with all the other pilot unions in the in, in the airline industry, also pushed back and said, no, we need this. Right. So obviously there was a very broad base of support for this, and that's kind of satisfying as well. We, we need to move on here, but I, I do want to clarify one thing that I, I'm a little confused by based on what I thought I heard you say, David, um, and Jeb, jump in here too. Um, day versus night, VFR versus IFR. Um, so all of the all of the above is is allowed. Tr- okay, so there's all no the- distinction like you can only fly IFR at night or something like that. No, it's, no, 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 no. Day and night, IFR and VFR. Okay. Yep. A- a- appropriate to the ratings you hold. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. If your instrument you, rated and your night your night current. Night IFR is cool without a medical certificate. All of the other, yeah, all of the the pilot qualification rules still apply. You don't magically get an instrument rating because you don't now need a a medical. Right. Understood. And uh, we need to slide one last sentence in here. Okay. If you've never held a pilot's license, if you've never held a medical certificate, you're still going to have to go to an aviation medical examiner once. Once. You need to get a, you need to have had at least once third one third class medical in your life or, or within the last 10 years. W- within the last 10 years, but if you're new coming into this, you go you only have to do that once. Do that once. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Very cool. We'll follow, obviously we're going to make sure this happens or we're going to do our little part play our little part in making sure this happens. But uh this is great great progress. Yes um, it is. As you mentioned earlier, we're all uh, Oshkosh bound uh, later in the week um, or a little bit after that. Uh, Unfortunately, my work is going to keep me away from the first few days of Oshkosh, but uh, I'll be catching up with you guys um, mid-show, and uh, that'll be cool. But uh, uh, Oshkosh 16, Osh 16, Air Venture 2016 is is getting ready to start. I know there's a lot of people out there already doing their thing. Um, A lot of people in the campground already, our pals at Camp Bacon, are already set up and having campfires and a good old time, as I understand it. And Mm. Bacon, bacon, and uh, so they're uh, <laughs> they're uh, um, it, the things are underway out there. the 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 uh, the webcams are up and running. Uh, AT, live ATC is already trans re, 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 rebroadcasting the uh, radio uh, such as it is. It's a little quiet right now, but uh, that's already up and running as I understand it. So Osh uh, sixteen is 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 happening. What are we looking forward to? Um, we've, we've sort of talked a little bit about this off and on over the last few months, but let's kind of recap some of the things that, that are going to happen at Osh 16 this year that we're looking forward to. Um, I can start if need be, but one of you guys want to jump in with something that you're looking forward Go. to? I'm particularly looking forward to seeing the snowbirds fly. Um, the uh, Canadian snowbirds, and I hope, I'm pretty sure this is still on the schedule, are going to fly uh, during closing weekend um, of Air Venture. And if you've never seen the Canadian snowbirds fly, you've missed out because it's just a really, it, it's not the same kind of, you know, big thunder, boom, boom, F-16 or F-18 kind of thing that you see from the Blue Angels and whatnot. But uh, they, they fly uh, more modest jets, um, but they fly more of them. There's like eight of them, I think, or something like that. And uh, and they just do a beautiful show show um with you know different colored smoke i don't know why that that thrills me but it does um it's just a really nice show from my recollection of seeing it numerous times but a long time ago and uh, haven't had an opportunity to see the snowbirds in quite some time very very excited by that that's going to be very very cool so uh, um if you're planning to be there in in oshkosh uh, the following the, the closing weekend um make sure that's on your schedule i would imagine it'll be late in the afternoon probably end of the air show kind of thing but uh, canadian snowbirds I'm looking forward to that. How about you guys? Um, uh, go ahead, Dave. No, go ahead, Jed. <laughs> no, you go. no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. Uh, um, the Martin Mars. That's uh, the, the, the big amphib? 
the big. It was not an amphib. It's a flying. It's a, flying, it's boat. a flying, flying boat. Yeah. Um, there were only like a handful of these made. There's only a smaller handful that are still flying. Uh, actually, this is the last one of its kind. I'm, I, I, I let me correct that. Um, we'll be at the uh, seaplane base uh, and giving rides. Not coincidentally. I know someone who's who managed to finagle a ride on it later in the week. Um, that's going to be a big deal. I want to get out there to see that. I might have to get a boat, you know, to go because they're not going to pull it up to shore. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it'll be it'll be uh, at at the, in the lake. I guess that's Lake Winnebago, hmm. um, and um, it'll be operating. Okay. I, I guess they'll make a, a low pass or two down the runway. I would hope. Uh, I would hope. Um, but it's it's in service as a water bomber, and um, they're going to bring it to Oshkosh this year. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, Snowbirds, as, as was mentioned, um, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Let's see, what else? Um, blah, 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 blah. Um, Dave, go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to both the night air shows uh, since I'm living on the field this year. Uh, I expect to have a, uh, a better seat, particularly for the one on Wednesday night, where uh, I'm looking forward to attending a, a, a little private soiree on the uh, east side of uh, the uh, 1836 and watching the fireworks show from over there, meeting some friends. I'm looking forward to attending some builders' workshops. I've got some jobs to do. Uh, we will have, uh, I believe, the uh, Thunderbirds are back this year. Uh, Is that the case? I had well, I don't know. They've got their pictures on it. They got Hang the on. picture there. I don't think the they got the picture there, but I don't think perhaps um, one or two of them are going to put in an appearance. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I'm probably wrong on that. Yeah, yours. Uh-huh. Yeah, David. Um, so Jeb and I changed our 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 the way we attended Oshkosh. We made a change to our our appearance, or if you want attendance of at AirVenture last year when Jeb and I went freelance. We no longer worked for the newspaper, and we were kind of on our own. This is going to be your first year as a as a freelancer, so to speak, um, in a long time. In a long, long time. That's right. You were originally. Um, are, are you looking mm-hmm. forward to that, David? Being being footloose and fancy free. Uh, words cannot express. <laughs> yeah, how I can much even... I'm looking forward to uh, having work that gets me back outside, lets me spend the majority of my time out talking to people and attending press conferences and touring the grounds and uh, kicks copping a few photographs. Uh, I've got en- enough story assignments to uh, and, and, and other work lined up that uh, basically is going to make the lack of the newspaper job an, a, a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I immensely enjoyed my years working for the show daily. And it was already planning on 2015 being my last year because that was my 20th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I started on it in 94 when uh, uh, Tom Pobresny first contracted with uh, Dave and Lou Scalaire to bring it back, bring back a daily. And was fortunate enough to be invited in as uh, one of the photographers when EAA brought it in-house. And would love doing that for about 15 years. And then they promoted me to managing editor. And six years of that was enough. Uh, yeah. I was planning on leaving uh, uh, as far back as April of uh, last year. 
and uh, that wish has come true. And now I've got work lined up. I'm going to be in Camp Bacon with uh, a lot of our other friends. I got some workshops that I want to attend for my project. Got a lot of press conferences to attend for the paying work that is on my agenda. But mostly I'm just looking forward to being back there and more footloose and fancy free than I have been since the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I, I, I'm guessing that I can speak for Jeb, too, when I say that I, too, am very, very proud of and enjoyed my years working for the newspaper. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, you know, I did some, some, I did some work that I'm very, very proud of there and made some friends and, and saw the show in a particular way. But uh, I, I'm definitely comfortable having moved on to a new era here of uh, the way that I enjoy Air Venture. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, it's going to be yeah, a good year in that uh, regard. Jeb, go ahead. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo everything everybody just said. Uh, it was a, a blast. It was an honor to be associated with that crew, uh, to work on that product. Um, uh, had a lot of fun, did some really great work, I think. Uh, I look back on it fondly, and uh, I look I look forward uh, to a different kind of participation that yeah. I had ever. Changed. And I know, Jeb, you like me, all right. I I watched, all right. You really enjoyed just hanging out in Camp Bacon each morning, all right. Last uh-huh. year, what a pleasant oh, yeah. thing it is to just kind of like you know and uh, enjoy the show, and then go off and do your thing, and uh, so yeah, uh-huh. that's going to be good. Yeah. Um, Another thing, uh, looking forward to this year, uh, we heard from our, our good friend Charlie Becker um, at, at EAA, who um, is involved with many things um, at, at EAA and AirVenture, but um, in particular is involved with the One Week Wonder Project, which was the uh, aircraft that they built from scratch during the week uh, two summers ago. And uh, a lot of people already know this story, but they, uh, so as we were all building, helping to build this airplane, um, many of us were many of us were were popping rivets in this thing and then we had an opportunity to use a sharpie to sign next to our rivet on the aluminum and the airplane ended up covered with all these signatures all right it was really quite spectacular and quite cool that they had all these signatures on it and it put a little crimp in their plan to put a traditional paint job on this airplane and so they've spent the last two years trying to figure out how to preserve the signatures while giving it a paint job that would both look a little nicer and protect the aircraft um and we heard from Charlie a few weeks ago that sadly they have discovered that they are not going to be able to preserve all of these signatures, particularly the ones on the exterior of the airplane. Um, with the, the fact that um, as time they're fading and just washing the airplane is causing them to go away and you know minor fuel spills causes them to, to dissolve away, um, they finally kind of accepted the reality that they can't preserve all these signatures. And so they're going to do a traditional paint job on this airplane. They have, though, come up with an interesting new project program for all of us who signed it and want our our signatures to be to be uh, uh, preserved for for you know uh, posterity and so um, anyone who popped a rivet and signed the airplane is invited to come to I believe it's in the member service center there um, at the uh, show crossroads there on the center taxiway and you will be able to go in there as I understand it I haven't seen the exact details but something along the lines of go in there during the show you'll be able to electronically sign a logbook all right and not just type your name but apparently sign your name as I understand it. I hope that's the way they do it. Um, and your signature will be preserved and presented in some fashion so that uh, that you have a, a record that, that you were involved. And then they're going to put a traditional... Apparently, David, you were saying that they're going to put the uh, the uh, original winning paint job. They, they did, a, they did a, a, a contest where we all voted for our favorite paint job. What were you saying, David? Yeah, the, uh, our old friend uh, uh, Craig Barnett, uh, Scheme Designers, he created 10 designs for the uh 
for the uh, little airplane, and the members voted on which design they preferred, and the winning design is going to be applied as a permanent paint job. Uh, so it will look as pretty as uh, pretty as a picture, uh, to borrow a phrase. And uh, the signatures will be displayed in another way. Uh, I still don't understand how, but I'm, if Charlie says it's going to happen, I trust that it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have one last note about OSH 16 um, that I want to make sure everyone knows of, and that is that UCAP will be at AirVenture 2016 as usual. Uh, we will be producing a uh, two full-blown episodes, one at the beginning of the week and one on Sunday morning, and then we'll be doing our shorter uh, daily episodes uh, each day throughout the week. So uh, stay in tune with either the uh, Uncontrolled Airspace website um, or your regular RSS feed, and you'll be notified of, of uh, just a slew of episodes that we're going to do over the the uh, eight or nine or so days that uh, we're all uh, UCAP is at AirVenture 2016. We are also uh, doing the annual edition of our uh, uh, now legendary, I think, I'm, that's what I'm saying, I'm, that's my story, I'm sticking to it, tie-down party uh, on uh, Thursday afternoon um, at uh, AirVenture, just outside the airport grounds. If you are a UCAP listener, you are invited uh, uh, to come and join us and uh, have a uh, an adult beverage or a soft drink uh, and some junky snacks food and uh, the, uh, and just kind of join us and enjoy uh, watching the airplanes in the sky and, and meeting other listeners and 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 we would love to meet you and so that's Thursday uh, evening actually from 6 p.m. until whenever um, it will be in the same place it's been for years now just outside of the uh, northwest gate uh, I like to call it the super 8 gate um, others might call it the Friar Tucks gate but it's uh, it's that northwest pedestrian gate um, that you uh, get to on the on the corner there of the uh, north 40 um, there is a shuttle bus that you can take that comes from the uh, north north 40 registration area um, and it will take you and drop you right off at that gate and come and join us uh, from 6 p.m. that afternoon and uh, and say hi and uh, I, I expect a good time will be had by all. Bring your note, Tam. Uh, bring your, if you must. Bring I, you know, some truck. people seem to like that. I'm very glad to do it. It seems a little odd that they want us to sign their notum, but we will do that absolutely. Um, you know, or we'll sign your shirt or your. Uh, my note, Tam. Even though I'm driving in, my note, Tam, came in the mail a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and sit down and went through it to look at, uh, uh, compare it to last year and. It doesn't seem to be uh, much in the way of major changes, uh, no major changes. Uh, but if you've not done it before, uh, you need to know Tam because that's the only way to play safe. Uh, the procedures there are unlike any other place that you go to a, uh, fly into an air show. So. Any other thoughts on uh, OSH 16? We're kind of on a restricted schedule this week, but or this episode, but uh, um, but so we got to kind of move things along here. But any other final thoughts on what you're expecting for for mm-hmm. OSH 16? Yeah, the only thing I would going back to the notum is is for the love of God, people, if you're flying yourself in, get the notum, read the notum, fly the notum. Absolutely, absolutely. There you go, and you can get it live online. So That's right. It's, it's a free download. It's probably too late to have one mailed to you, but it's a free download. Uh, print it out. Put it on your iPad. Um, come on down. Yep. And, and review it before you start the engine at your departure yeah. field. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it's not that there's going to be a quiz, but there will be a test. <laughs> 
Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Very nice, very nice. He's on the air with us Monday night at 6 after the air show. You are correct, sir. <laughs> Get that? Uh-huh, yeah. And Sunday morning at 10 while the departure conga line forms. You cannot use that first taxiway. <laughs> Tune in to EAA Radio Monday night at 6 and Sunday morning at 10 for the radio broadcasting version of the Uncontrolled Airspace General Aviation Podcast. I think it's cooler now, it's not, man. Pretend I didn't talk about that. Shout outs. What do we got here? Uh, let's see now. Who wants to go here? There's a couple things on this list uh, or anything else that might have come to mind. Uh, boing, 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 yeah. boing. I used my shout out already, so I'm going to let you guys go first. I'll do a quick one. Yeah. Uh, today is the 95th birthday of what can truly be called a, a, an American hero, uh, John Glenn. Mm. John Glenn, happy birthday, uh, Senator. Uh, John was the uh, first of the uh, uh, Mercury astronauts to actually fly an orbital flight instead of a suborbital flight. Flew three times around the world uh, on that mission and went back into space years later at an advanced age uh, as a senator who flew on the space shuttle. And in honor of Senator Glenn, astronaut Glenn, pilot Glenn's uh, uh, stellar career, uh, an airport in Ohio was renamed for him uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, our hats off to uh, to uh, Senator Glenn. He was a Marine Corps aviator. Uh, I think he did an episode of What's My Line live on TV before he joined the uh, uh, Mercury program. Oh, really? <laughs> yep, he flew the uh, uh, he flew the. Uh, STS-95 shuttle mission, Mercury, Mercury Atlas 6 mission, uh, was on TV uh, as a contestant on a game show uh, before that. Uh, served with distinction in the U.S. Senate uh, from Ohio. And uh, now I believe it's the Columbus Airport that's named after him. Mm-hmm. And uh, well-deserved, in my opinion. Yeah. So. Yeah. Happy birthday, Senator. Absolutely. Long overdue, I would add. Yeah. 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 The, the naming of the airport, for sure. Uh, right. He was not only the first to orbit the Earth, first American to orbit the Earth, but wasn't he the oldest to ever orbit the Earth? Because um, he went up on that shuttle mission. And at the time, I think he was the oldest. I don't know whether there have been. I yeah, think I believe that's, that's true. Yeah, that's, I think that's probably right. Yeah. And so, because he, so he, he was in his 70s. Yeah. 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 So he went to this. Uh, did he just go on a shuttle ride or did he go to the space station? I think he went on a shuttle ride. He was a shuttle. Uh, Call it a ride. Shuttle, that's not, yeah, I that's shouldn't not, minimize yeah, it like that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he was on the shuttle for a full mission. Whether they stopped at the International Space Station, I don't know. Well, you know, it's too bad we don't have a device. Let's, I know. It's incredibly uh, awkward these days John to get into Glenn, uh, shuttle mission. <laughs> That device should S- be connected to some network. STS-95 was the shuttle mission. There you go. And when does it go into details? A nine-day mission supported a variety of research, including the deployment of a, a Spartan solar obs- observing satellite. Uh, let's see now. I'm just kind of trying to summarize this off the top of him. He came um, on October 29, 1998. The first American to orbit the Earth made history again. John Glenn became the oldest man to fly in space by serving as a payload specialist aboard STS-95, aboard, aboard the space shuttle Discovery. So, congratulations, John Glenn. 
Yeah. Other shout outs. Jeb, you got anything? Um, I had one. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Not that it's a, 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 as big a deal as uh, having an airport named after you, but Boeing, uh, we all know and love, celebrating its 100th anniversary yeah. this month, uh, which is kind of a big deal uh, for them, certainly, but uh, uh, probably for Airbus also. Um, but uh, it just, just thought that was a kind of a, a neat thing. They, um, I, I don't know. Cessna can't say that. I don't think Beechcraft can say that. Um, maybe some other companies can, involved in aerospace can say that. But uh, that's that's a deal. No, that's definitely a deal. made a difference. Made a made a huge yeah. impact and, and contribution to aviation over the years, and still do for sure. Still and still do. Yeah, yeah. So is that it? Fork time? Yeah, I think so. since you're in such a rush, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if, if, we, if we all want to get on the road on time, it's probably a good idea to stop now. It make fun, but people will thank me. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> They'll sign your note. Uh, that's right. There we go. Hey, thank you, boys. It's always fun. I really appreciate you spending some time with me this morning. Uh, Dave Higdon is uh, uh, an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's Ab Buyer magazine. What is it you're so frantically working on, Dave? Or, or is there anything that's coming out recently that you worked on like two months ago? Uh, what's going on? Well, uh, let me see. The uh, Av Buyer International, Av Buyer, have been running a series of stories on flying uh, uh, in the international environment. Uh, there's one in the uh, July issue. Uh, I've got one uh, headed to the August issue. Uh, I don't know how much longer we're going to do this because there's like 154 nations on the globe. I don't think the series is going to last quite that long, but. Uh, and uh, plugging away for uh, avionics so news. But you're a freelancer, so you like the job security idea, right? You know, it's like we just keep doing. I love this. the job security yeah, idea. That's right. I'm sorry, you were saying. Uh, I'd have a piece in uh, a- a- aircraft maintenance technology this month uh-huh. on uh, using uh, on maintenance shops uh, and the advantages of using cloud storage for disseminating maintenance text, uh, work orders, uh, inventory uh, for. Uh, keeping uh, field access live to uh, maintenance manuals and diagrams. Uh, that's uh, first for me. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, well, I'm Real Higdon on the Twitter machine, uh, com, uh, aea.net, uh, or do a Google search and remember that I never play golf and uh, my theoretical physics are a little on the weak side. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and uh, Jeb, sorry, I've changed pages. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump here. I'm going to come back to Jeb in a second. I won't forget. But I, I realize that there's one shout out I don't want to let go by. All right. I, com- I should have had this on the list and I didn't. But I want to tell you that our own Jim Goldman, uh, one of the bad boys of uncontrolled airspace, um, this is, goes back to OSH 16 preview stuff, um, will be giving a forum. Um, at Osh 16 uh, on Tuesday morning at 8.30 a.m. So it's kind of an early riser kind of thing, all right? On forum stage three, Jim Goldman will be giving a forum called Air- Aircraft Maintenance Records for Owners and Pilots. Um, cool. And, uh, he's, and this should be really, really interesting because in addition to being a, a really pleasant guy, he's a very methodical guy. And so I'm sure um, his advice on aircraft maintenance records um, is going to be pretty interesting and, and pretty detailed and, and pretty well-spoken. So uh, um, if you are 
an owner or a pilot who's uh, concerned with this kind of thing, um, Tuesday morning, 8.30 a.m., Forum Stage 3. Jim Goldman, uh, the... Uh, uh, 8.30? Yeah, I know. Oh, my God, that's early. Yeah, I know. Well, you're in the campground <laughs> this year, David. You, well, no, you're always up early. You're one of the earliest guys who's up at the whole field. I've been watching that's, for that's when he, That's when he's working. Yeah, well... Yeah, but uh, actually, I've got a couple of seven thirty breakfasts already. There lined you go. Up, so. There you go. So, anyways, check out Jim's thing. Back to where I was. Where did I leave off here? Jeb Burnside is a freelance aviation writer and editor. I want, I wanted, I wanted to go back to this, 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 uh, this Goldman thing. This seminar. There's, there's paperwork involved with aircraft ownership. Yeah, no, really. Yeah, yeah well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah okay. There's paperwork involved. I've seen your paperwork. I've watched every time we we land the airplane. Uh, you know, you're immediately scribbling notes and making entries and and whatnot. So yeah. Check that out on Tuesday morning. Jeb is a freelance aviation writer and editor uh, and smart aleck, uh, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Uh, what have you been working on, Jeb? Smart alecky stuff, that's what. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What have I been working on? Not a whole lot the yeah. last couple of days, except trying to catch up on sleep and, and uh, right. reacclimate, reentry. At Farnborough, you're like the photo editor or something like I'm, that. I'm so like production editor. I work on headlines. I work on yeah. photos. So I there's work no on, stories that came out of that that we could check. There's, there's, there's no byline associated yeah. with any of that that you could go read. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all the good headlines are mine. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but uh, uh, Aviation Safety Magazine's July—I guess it was August issue actually—is uh, um, no, it was July. Is was long ago in the can. Uh, starting to work on on the August issue this week, um, and uh, looking forward to getting some of that done anyway before Oshkosh and finishing it up when I get back. Um, uh, also, oh, uh, uh, general aviation news, a column I'll be cranking out here in the next day or two. Um, you can read my, uh, most recent one, <laughs> uh, a friend of the podcast and, and good personal friend, Jonathan Hardwick, uh, found himself on a, <clears throat> on a ramp somewhere and picked up a copy of GA news and there's my column in it and he sent me a picture of it. So, so thank you, Jonathan. Uh, and looking forward to seeing him, uh, yeah. uh obviously the, this next week. Um, so I got it, got all that going on. Uh, nothing right now in uh, Aircraft uh, Electronics Associations Magazine Avionics News, but uh, hope springs eternal. And uh, right now, uh, just looking forward to getting through the next couple of weeks, yeah. uh, getting to the other side of Oshkosh and the other side of some deadlines, so I can uh, get some quality time. There you go. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Burnside J on the Twitter machine, um, uncontrolledairspace.com. Oh, we already said that. Um, AviationSafetyMagazine.com uh, and uh, AEA.net and GeneralAviationNews.com. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. Uh, you can follow me at twitter.com slash jackhodgson. And you can also learn more than you really ever wanted to know about me at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. Uh, big thanks for all their help in the past, and especially in the next couple of weeks. Um, Jeff Ward is going to be a big help, um, and Jim Goldman are going to be a big help for us uh, uh, at, uh, at Oshkosh this summer. Uh, Jeff is, uh, all, of course, uh, a big help with us in the show notes and in the forums. Thanks to Mike Morgan, to Roy Earl, to Jim Goldman, and to the many other listeners who have created the UCAP disclaimer clips. Uh, big thanks to Mike Morgan for his help with uh, a lot of the promo audio things that, he, that he's done with us, done for us over the years, and for the help that he is going to give us uh, at, uh, at Oshkosh. 
Please support UCAP by making a repeating per-episode donation of any size via the online service Patreon. Uh, get all the details about this at patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace. And while you're at it, go into iTunes and give us a review and some stars. It really does help uh, get the word out about the podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash class G airspace. That's class, the letter G, airspace, all one word. Uh, You never know what might turn up there, and there'll be a lot of stuff posted from Oshkosh uh, on that Twitter feed. You can also listen to UCAP in the free section of Sporty's Pilot Shop's mobile app, Takeoff, along with other podcasts and special Sporty's content. Get your UCAP hats, shirts, and other cool gear at the UCAP Swag Shop at uncontrolledairspace.com slash store. Uh, And don't forget, you can check out uh, the rest of the UCAP website, 10 years worth of UCAP show notes and episode downloads. uh, And last but not least, chat with us directly and with many of your fellow listeners in the Uncontrolled Airspace forums. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, was there something you were going to tell us? Well, just think, fly yourself to Oshkosh and back takes nothing away from your life because, as you know, this time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. See you in Wisconsin. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. Yes, indeed. We'll see you in Oshkosh. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that.